Wrexham are promoted. They have their storybook ending. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. This is the final episode of season one of this podcast. Generally speaking, the seasons of this podcast will follow the seasons of the of the league, of uh, whatever league Wrexham happens to find itself in. However, since I got started late this summer with this podcast, um, this one ends after I'm done reviewing and analyzing season one of the documentary. And so that is today's episode. It is the season finale. I really appreciate anybody who has been listening to this uh, podcast since the beginning and all the people who are joining now. It is so much fun to go back and watch this documentary. It's so much fun to watch every match and then analyze each one and talk about it more than I already get to at home. I absolutely love it. So thank y'all for, for listening, for tuning in, for sharing, for rating, for reviewing, for all of that. It means a lot. I really, really appreciate it. Um, you can also, for those who don't know, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXMTexan, or you can just search the Wrexham Texan and it's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Season two comes out Sunday, uh, September 17th, and many of season two's episodes will be a double episode, meaning I'll analyze a show, an episode of the show, and I'll comment on uh, one of our matches, because uh, most Welcome to Wrexham seems to come out every Tuesday, and so I want four days of prep and and uh, editing and all that kind of stuff before I actually put the episode out there. This first season is very low production value for me. Um, it's literally just me talking into a microphone. Second season, we're bringing in video. And while I may not be the best person to look at for an hour a week, um, I'm what you got with this podcast. So it is what it is. Um, I'll be bringing on guests. I'm going to start reaching out to uh, people who help make the show Welcome to Wrexham and bring them on the podcast and talk to them about how it's done. I'm going to try to get players to come on the show. We're just going to try to have a really good time um, with this podcast, and I'm going to keep this podcast up. Um, you know what? I'm just going to keep it up for as long as is humanly possible. So Hopefully in 30 years when Wrexham is winning the Premier League and in the Champions League and all of that, I will still be doing this podcast. I'll hopefully be able to get over to Wrexham more often um, to, you know, go to some matches. Gosh, I've yet to go to a game and it is crushing my soul at this point. So the goal is to be there uh, towards the end of this season um, and go see a match in person a match or two or three or ten. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but anyway, again, thank you all so much for listening. Today's episode is about season one, episode 18, Do or Die. It's the season finale. 
And man, it's a good one. I have a ton of notes. It's not good. This isn't going to be the longest episode ever, although it very well could be. I mean, I just have tons and tons and tons of notes on this one. Um, the whole episode begins with preparation, which I think is what most people were doing. Um, <laughs> it, those who had, those who, you know, been in Wrexham and, and gone to matches and lived there and all that, I'm sure the entire week leading up to this match, all you were doing was like vacant stairs while you scrub down a countertop or, you know, it's, it's all, it's just distracted, busy work is basically what I I would be doing if I was in your situation during that time. Um, and so, yeah, the episode starts with preparation of the town, the turf, and the stadium. Um, Wayne talks about how he got over the, the Wembley loss, cup loss, because it doesn't mean as much as the season. And all he's been thinking about is the upcoming game. Um, Sean Harvey talks, you know, gives gives the lowdown on the uh, playoff scenario. So it's six teams in the playoffs. Wrexham gets a bye week because we were number two in the season. And that also means we get to play at home, I believe, for both games, if it had, you know, come down to it. It is single elimination knockout football, um, which is my absolute favorite style of sports. Everything's on the line every single game, and you got to play your butt off. Um, the old theme song comes back for this episode, which I still don't understand why. Um, it's times they are changing. Great song. Loved it when it was in the first two episodes, and then it switched, and then it came back for the final episode. So still don't know why. Still don't have the explanation. It's just weird. Um it's, it's a weird choice. It's a weird choice. All right. We then cut to Jason Stockwood, who is the chairman of Grimsby. The fact that we cut to this is what this is, this is one thing that I've been complaining about with this documentary series. It's the it's maybe the only thing I really complain about with this series is that their foreshadowing is heavy handed. <laughs> the fact that we take a deep dive into Grimsby town and talk about, you know, their struggles and what they've gone through, their history, and we interview their chairman for so long, just leads you to believe that we are not going to win this game. It's very heavy-handed foreshadowing. And again, it's a documentary series, so technically speaking, you can go look up what happened in real life. But if you were just watching this as somebody who has no idea what's going on with, with football, then you ha you wouldn't have a clue that we didn't beat Grimsby Town in this game. And that, uh, yeah, and th then this whole situation of it's a town trying to reinvent itself. It was a working class town, similar to Wrexham that failed. It was a fishing town. Um, 144 years of the football team. Um, all that stuff, it just is so obviously foreshadowing the fact that Grimsby's going to win. Grimsby's going to win. They're getting you to where that you are sympathetic to their cause as well. So that, I mean, it's a good, it's a good little trick. You know, you're not going to end up hating Grimsby town because now you have a, you can put a face to it. <laughs> so it's just a very frustrating, uh, 
frustrating tactic this crew uses. Frustrating to me. You know, a lot of people might like it, um, but I do not. Uh, they mentioned that Grimsby and Wrexham split the series during the regular season. Um, we cut to Rob and Ryan with Sean Harvey, who are talking about the brand new jerseys for next season that have come out. Uh, the blue one, the away kit just got there, um, which I always loved that kit. It has, I won't buy any kit that says TikTok on it um, for TikTok related reasons, but um, it was a great looking kit. I loved, I loved the blue. That was cool. Uh, yeah, it's a little different this year with the, uh, what is it? Um, got the red at home, of course. We got the white with the red and the green. And then we've got the black, which the black is sick. <laughs> um, let's see. What's next? Yeah, this was this was a really interesting conversation, especially for people who don't know much about the behind the scenes workings of football, where like going up a level means that you can get players for cheaper. And right off the bat, that sounds like it should be incorrect. But when you actually start thinking about it, it makes a whole lot of sense. Like you have to pay people way more to drop down to a league that is not as prestigious. And so that completely made sense to me it kind of hit home and i realized like why why that would be the case they can also get players from other countries um which i completely for my brother had told me this a long time ago but i completely forgot that nationally couldn't do that and there was a, i mean it's a massive process to sign players from outside the country anyway um it takes a whole lot of effort a whole lot of regulations involved so um yeah, that was an interesting thing to to be told. And then they just all agree that the top two should go up automatically and there should be a playoff for the third spot. That's just how it is. And I, I completely agree. One automatic champion and then one going up because of the playoffs, I just think is absolutely ridiculous. That is a brutal system. It's cutthroat. That is absolutely what makes it the hardest league in the UK to get out of. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. Let's see. The ominous music begins. Prepping for the game begins. Parky in the pregame speech says, take the handbrake off and go for the throat. <laughs> I just love that. I love that so much. It's so good. It's uh, a perfect perfect pregame speech to get people jazzed up like just get that mental image in your head that you're going to go for it and take them down um i love it stadium is loud the announcers mention it uh griffiths mentions it um it's a close game good plays there's a super big injury scare with mullen lays down for a while immediately following that mcatee scores but there's offsides and so they kind of did a small callback to the last episode when Ryan and Rob didn't see the offsides flag go up and they lost because the ref called them offsides. And so now uh, it's a little bit of a callback to that, um, which I thought was fantastic. Um, they, they got one back. <laughs> um, Mullen then gets taken down in the box, taken down, penalty given, love it. And this is when they start their one little um, 
what I don't even know what to call it for this tool that they use for this episode, which is flashbacks and flash forwards. Um, and I feel like after watching it again, I feel like it's all flash forwards. No, it's not. It's not. It's like, it's a weird mixture. It's a cool mixture. I like it a lot. Um, they did a great job integrating these elements into the game itself and not making you feel like you're missing out on watching the game. Cause normally I would feel like I'm missing out, but man, they did a great job with this. Um, Cause it, it should feel like it's pausing your excitement, but it's really actually building your emotion. It's building the tension. It's keeping things going a little bit longer. It's making you more invested and it's reminding you of why you're invested in this documentary series. It's a great tactic. I love it. They do a great job with it. Flashes back to Mullen, who says he's enjoyed being with his family all year at home and he wants to keep that going. And it's a bunch of shots of him and his family and his little boy playing at the house. And it's delightful. We go back. It's a penalty. Mullen just drives it home. 1-0, it's in. And we immediately go to another flashback after, during the celebration. It's Dibble and Layton chatting about the game and Rob's rehab. Dibble talks about how it's hard knowing you'll be a number two um, when you start out the whole season. It's hard knowing that you're going to be somebody's backup. And the transition was kind of rough to becoming starter, but now he feels really good. Um, and then immediately we cut back and McAtee has a sick upper 90 goal to tie it up. 1-1. There's only, there's less than two minutes between the goals. Grimsby's going nuts. It's insane. The pace picks up. Hosanna almost hits one in. A few other people almost knock one in. 1-1 at halftime. And man, this is what the playoffs are all about. It's one to one at halftime. Um, let's see. Second half starts again. McAtee almost gets one in again. That dude was dynamic in this game. Clifton almost again. Dibble is hurting on the ground. He gets up, just like gingerly shakes it off, and they immediately score again. One, two, Grimsley, Grimsby. And we go to another flashback. It's the London Welsh Center, and it's Humphrey at a panel, and he's talking about how after they bought the team, when they went to you know one of their first games, the whole stadium was cheering loud and cheering often and cheering at every single thing that happened. And he said that was like the passion that made them made them uh, confident in their choice to to buy Wrexham. Um, yeah. And then Rob starts talk. Rob and Ryan both start talking about Humphrey. This flashback's all about Humphrey. And Rob says, "Smart, cap capable, driven people can figure out anything." And man, boy, is that true? That is so true. Um, says he spent six months of his life at a time in Wrexham, and it's taught him how to, you know, be a football executive. And that was something he had obviously never done before because who just hops into being a football executive. I mean, it's kind of crazy to, to think, to think you can just do that. Um, let's see. 
Ryan says that Kerr's superpower is admitting when he's in over his head, which I struggle with that. I definitely struggle with that. I don't like admitting when I'm in over my head. I will do it from time to time, but and I'm getting better at it. But man, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to do. Um, and then we kind of push over right into the Declan Swans and Scoot singing and dancing on stage. It was fantastic singing, you know, the anthem of Wrexham. And we then cut back to Scoot at his house, reading the letter that's saying he is free of cancer after one year. And what joy, come on. He mentions that Wrexham's success had kept him going during all that harsh treatment like that. Man, that cancer treatment is no joke. And like anything you can hold on to, to, uh, to keep your spirits up and to keep you going um, is extremely valuable and appreciated. Um, let's see. We come back to the game and Wrexham trail. The momentum is clearly in Grimsby's favor. Davis cracks one across to Palmer and, oh man, it's so close to going. I mean, it's so close for Palmer. He just misses it. And we immediately go to, apologies, I started to yawn right then. We immediately go to another flashback, which is Sean Winter, who, I mean, he's one of my favorite people in this show, Sean Winter. Um, talking about how you go to the games because it's in your heart and you have the passion for it. And he wants to pass that passion down to his kids like his father did for him. And um, his heart is broken from his wife, but it is clear that Wrexham has helped to keep his spirits up and alive. And it's beautiful. And we cut right back to the game Young cracks one in from the corner to Tozer. Header equalized. 2-2. Two, two. Heck yes. 2-2, um, two two, and we immediately go to another flashback. I know this sounds like we're doing more flashback than game, but, man, it's so effective when you actually watch the episode. Um, this this flashback's all about Wayne. Wayne Jones, been a long road and now is what the reward is. Like the things that are happening now is the reward, are the reward, is the reward, good Lord. Okay. Um, he thinks there's no better place in the world to be, everybody's buzzing. It's just a happy, exciting, hopeful town. Wrexham is the football club and the club is Wrexham, um, which, has been mentioned multiple times throughout this season and seems to very much be true, especially in a small town. Yeah. And I mentioned this before on a previous episode, but like, it's not the same for large cities. So like in American football and the NFL, every team is based out of a enormous city, like millions of people in each city. And if, you know, for me, if the Dallas Cowboys lose, then Dow the town, the city of Dallas is not down the next day. Like some people are, but there isn't, it's not a ghost town. It doesn't destroy the morale of the city. It uh, It's just for specific people who watch the game. It doesn't affect the 
productivity. It doesn't affect the, I mean, it does affect the economy of the city, but not nearly as much as it does in a small town like Wrexham. So I completely get that sentiment. Cut back to the game. Toza with the long throw. Palmer header across the goal to Mullen header and in. Three to two. Man, this, that sequence of headers, Mullen, I mean, it just so much looks like Mullen just elbows it right into the goal. And he may have, I can't really remember properly if that happened. Um, I would need to go back and watch some, some, uh, replays i just can't remember if he actually hit it. It, it it just so much looks like he handballed the crap out of that <laughs> but it is what it is up three two in the 65th minute momentum is now in favor of wrexham mcatee comes down crap just rips one across and taylor like smashes it in the back of the goal and the announcer says they never know when they're beaten, which I just think is such a great line. It is now three to three. What a game. We then start cutting to flash forwards. Um, so this flash forward um, is Aaron Hayden. And he's talking about how watching the game was just the hardest thing. And I completely get that as a former athlete and like, it was the biggest game. People heading the ball in. He knows he could stop things like that. So it was just extremely frustrating for him. Um, he mentions how he his, he and his family have settled down in Wales and enjoyed life. And if you're not present in everyday life, then life can just pass you by. And he doesn't want that to happen, especially in a special place like Wrexham. Um, the game is neck and neck. <laughs> the commentator says he's going to need to lie down in a dark room, uh, which is just hilarious. Oh my gosh. I really got crazy today. Y'all. This is nuts. Um, there's a corner for Grimsby. They smash it across the goal and heads it in, just heads it right in. Uh, from the back corner, Dibble's nowhere in sight, three to four, and we are now losing. Um, we then cut to Jordan, flash forward, flashback, Jordan and, and Kelsey. And Jordan talks about how like he's played on teams where you can go down 1-0 and you feel like you cannot come back. Um, but then... Sometimes you, you know, if you're on a team like Wrexham, you get on 1-0 and it basically doesn't affect you because you know that you can score. You can score quickly and you can score a lot and hope is there. There's something about the morale of a team that can allow you to not be as affected by adversity. Um, that's what has like team camaraderie, everybody getting along, playing well, everybody uh, giving their all basically. Um, there's something about that, that breeds success and, uh, perseverance and adaptability. Um, and Wrexham definitely have that. Um, let's see, where was I? I'm looking at my dad gum <laughs> notes. I have so many notes, y'all. I'm sorry. 
Kelsey mentions that it's been a super rough year for Jordan. He lost his grandmother, he lost his grandfather, and he lost his baby boy, Arthur. And good Lord. He, he talks about how he's been an autopilot, um, kind of immune to life, and hasn't really processed anything, didn't allow himself to grieve. I mean, that is an extremely rough year. Seriously, like that, that's a brutal year. And they kind of document a lot of that in the documentary. Not all of it, but some of it. And then we cut back to the game. Young with another brilliant corner to Davis. And it's in. In the 80th minute, <laughs> four to four. The stadium goes insane. Uh, regular time ends. And we go to extra time. And we cut up to Ryan in the box who's talking about, who's asking Sean what, like if we go to a penalty shootout now. And he's like, no, you have 15 more minutes, two halves. And then Ryan says the sport is trying to kill people, which I would agree. Although I prefer extra time and then penalties. I don't, I do not like this cut method of um, straight to penalties. I don't care for that. Straight to penalties are not the greatest way to determine who is the better team. Um, they are very exciting and they're very tense. It's a good way to determine who is the better goalie or at least the better guesser. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I love the, I love extra time. I do. There are parts of me that wish golden goal would be brought back. Um, that was a thing for a while. Extra time, first goal wins. I would have no problem with that. Um, I think that would be fantastic. Let's see. Uh, yeah, we're in extra time. Sean, <laughs> poor, poor Sean Winter had to leave the stadium because the people around him were frustrating and he came to the turf for a drink. Um, this is, oh, it's good. This is something I wanted to comment on. So Rob says you can't write it. You just can't write it. And that saying gets thrown around a lot. And I believe everybody knows the true intention, but I'm just going to make sure. So when people say you can't write it, you absolutely can write it. The issue is if you write something similar to what happened in this game and people know that it's created just in someone's mind and it's not real life, people are going to find it either dumb or improbable or even impossible. And so there's that's, that's what makes sports so stinking great is that it's real life. And yes, you can write these scripts. You can write these games that, go, that are insane, where crazy things happen. But the thing is, when one person's making them up, people know people cannot suspend their disbelief to make sure to 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 feel like it's real. And this is real freaking life unscripted. This is it. And man, gosh, it makes sports great. I just I love sports. I my love for football is growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. I just love it so much. And. It may never replace, it may never surpass my love for Texas A&M American football, but it's going to get up there, y'all. I have more Wrexham clothing than I do Texas A&M clothing at this point, which is saying something. <laughs> that's that's kind of a big deal. So very interesting. Um, 
So yeah, you can't ride it. You can, just people won't believe you. Um, during extra time, Parky gets a yellow card after Davis didn't get a penalty. And you see Parky like kick the ground and <laughs> get all furious. There's a coach here in the States who used to coach basketball named Bobby Knight. And he is kind of infamous for having a temper and he'd hurl chairs out onto the court. And Parky reminds me of a constrained Bobby Knight. Um, definitely not as mean and angry as Bobby Knight was, though. I mean, Bobby Knight, not the most pleasant person in the locker room or on the court. He was uh, he was known for being very physical with his players, <laughs> which is not ideal. Um Let's see, five minutes left in the game. It's so close. There's a long throw, a header, a gap in the goal, and it freezes. And we flash forward. Annette is folding the kits and putting them away at the end of the season. What an amazing season, she says. And she basically breaks the news to the audience that the ball went in and we lost the game. And it's such an interesting way to tell it, like freezing it as that ball is in midair going towards a gap between Dibble and the post. And then going to one of the regular appearance folks from the show who definitively breaks the news to you that we lost, that Wrexham are out of the playoffs. It's such an interesting effect. I didn't really, I would never have chosen to edit it that way. And I think this is something that could be edited multiple different ways for sure. But this is what they chose to do. And I think it works. Um, I think a lot of people, including myself, still held on to their <laughs> to their thought that Divil might get to that ball and, until the moment when we cut back to the game and the header goes in, in the 119th minute. It's just crazy. But yeah, I think it's a, I think it, it worked well and it, and it gave some nice, I guess you would call it like pre-closure to the season to have Annette kind of folding up the shirts and putting them in the drawers. And then like one of the final shots of the season is pushing the drawer shut. And so, I really, really liked how they did that. Um, again, I wouldn't have done it, but they did it. And it worked. So kudos to them. The game is over. The season is over. Utterly brutal. It just guts you. And it tells you on screen that Grimsby got promoted. And funny timing. We play Grimsby tomorrow. We play Grimsby. I guess when this comes out, it'll be today. We play Grimsby today in League Two. Both teams have now made it up into the EFL and are playing each other. We are currently, uh, let's see, I believe we're seventh and Grimsby Town is 12th. We have 12 points and they have 10 points. Um, so it's going to be a good game, y'all. We've They've had two wins, four draws, one loss. We've had three, three, and one. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to want to watch us pummel Grimsby into the ground. <laughs> that would be ideal. Um, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, Grimsby got promoted. Wrexham have 
been kept to the National League for their 15th year in a row. Parky starts talking about how resilience is key and you have to keep picking yourself up. And that's kind of the tone from here to the end. Things are different, Annette says. Um, they're, the, they're only going to get better. Let's see. Rob, Rob and Ryan go into the locker room at the end and very somber, very focused, um, very reserved. Rob says, one of the best... One of the best things that he said in the locker room this entire season from what they've shown in the documentary, at least. He says, um, the number one goal of the season was not to get, was, was not promotion. Like, yes, that's the ultimate goal, but this season, the number one goal was to bring belief back into the town. And that goal has been accomplished. They had a standing ovation as they walked off and next year it will work. And man, what like what a great way to tr give at least a little consolation to your team that just fought their hearts out for nine months only to come up one game short. I guess two games short, but still. Fantastic job by Rob. That was amazing. Um, Cut to Sean Winter hosting the Wrexham Logger podcast. Wayne Jones is there. They reflect on his fame after this season. <laughs> Sean mentions that he's walked in and seen him getting makeup done before. <laughs> um, and the three of them chat, the other co-host, um, they chat about how they will keep going. This is not a down season like old seasons. Uh, this is a down for now. It's a delayed um it's a delayed season. And so that, you know, the town sums up the hope and meaning of the team in the next few scenes, um, basically up the town, up the town. Um, keep building, fail and keep going. Ollie says next season, we will win the league. I'm telling you. And Rob ends the first season saying, it was always community first, get the club up, we're going to achieve promotion, I promise. This town deserves it. What a way to end. What a way to end the season. What a way to end this season of the podcast. I mean, I get chills from, I mean, those, those are words that somebody just said on screen. You know, these, these were not written words. These are just people talking. And it's great when people can come up in the moment with things that bring out those emotions and just give you chills. What a talent that is and what a great show this is. So thank you all for listening to my analysis of the first season of Welcome to Wrexham. Huge success of a show. I love this show so much. I love this team. I'm very much looking forward to continuing this podcast well into the future. Um, so hopefully you'll be along for the ride. Uh, you can go follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXM Texan. This podcast will become a video podcast in addition to being in audio form starting next episode. So next episode, you'll be able to log on to YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, maybe Facebook. And eh, we'll see. Twitter. Um, what else? Headgum. 
Hopefully, I'm hoping I can get the video podcast on Apple and Spotify. And if so, you'll be able to watch and listen um, and go back and forth whenever you're working on stuff. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Leave a review, leave a rating, subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. Very much appreciated. And we'll see you all in season two. Thank you for everything. Up the town. You're gonna see it, you're gonna see it And if you knock my soul with all your strength You're gonna find it, you're gonna find it